0: We came for salvation, we came for family, we came for all that's good, that's how we'll walk away. Butter whiskey, butter chili con carne. <clears throat> Aloha, and welcome to the Layman's Lounge podcast, a ministry of com, where we exist to bring... Everyday Theology for Everyday Life. Today we're talking with, um, with a brother, Pastor Benji Magnus, a purveyor of goods and various mediums of creativity. Uh, Pastor Benji wears all black. He's the Potter Familius with six children. He's an artist in paint, woodcuts, logos, design, and such. He's played in bands most of his life, including Thrash, death metal, world beat reggae, alt country. And he wrote the title track to the worship CD, Shake the Na- Nations, which I want to hear about. <laughs> and then uh, sure. I know if if you have been blessed, you are, my dear listen, uh, listener, you're aware of the Lutheran insult generator, which is just gold. Um, and Pastor Benji, if you don't know about that, you need to get on that. But I do want the listener to know that Pastor Benji, um, I've been enjoying just as much as the Lutheran insult generator your titles of your sermons. So, listener, you can go and you could see Pastor Benji's sermons currently preaching preaching through Second Corinthians. And here's a few of the sermon titles he's preached lately. But before, oh yeah, before I get in there, I'm, I listened to two yesterday, and it's not it's not a big old joke. This is like real. It's 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 good. But so here's a few. So on Second Corinthians 10, 7... 18 the title was when god texts you the clapping hands emoji which was is funny but is compelling here um on second corinthians 10 2 through 6 the title is the weapons of our warf- warfare are more powerful than Chuck norris and then here's a few other i was just reading these to my wife okay <laughs> when the uh <laughs> when the gospel wears stretchy pants Next, God adopts the devil's children. Amen. Next, how to get a gospel cocktail? And uh, that's listener, that's a mix between the gospel and the law, the gospel. That's anathema, so that's good. How to get him how to mix a gospel cocktail? Next, when you carry so much guilt and shame that you have stretch marks. Next, God wants to bless the real you, not just the Instagram you. Amen. And hey y'all, let's relax and just enjoy God's favor. Um, so anyways, those are glorious. Going to link link uh, the sermon feed in the show notes so you guys could go listen and laugh and enjoy and be edified. Pastor Benji's Instagram feed is full of edifying quotes from folks like Ray Ortland, R. Scott Clark, Jack Miller, and Rod Serling. I guess that's the Twilight Zone guy. So, bro, who's yeah, Rod yeah. Serling? Who's that guy?
1: Rod Sterling, creator of the Twilight Zone. Uh, 1959 to 63, 64. So he's the classic guy you see in black and white holding the cigarette, delivering and executing incredible intro and outro monologues to each episode. In fact, you know what I would say? If you're a preacher, Rod Sterling, Rod, Rod Sterling um, will be your best friend. If you like illustrations, there's 150 episodes of The Twilight Zone that you can use for illustrations. I've used too many on my church now, and they're sick of them. Uh, it's kind of a running joke now. If I begin my sermons by saying, there's this episode of The Twilight Zone, there's laughter. Uh, <laughs> but he will teach you how to do intro and outros to sermon. If that's your thing, if you don't know how to do an intro, he's, you just listen to him.
0: So will school you. He, so the creator was... Like the I remember that he's the guy in the beginning. They so he's the creator and he was like talented in it because usually you don't see the creator, so but so he was fully invested, huh? Yeah, he he was in
1: every episode. He introed it and outroed it, and
0: okay, you know, he's
1: breaking the fourth wall or whatever, and talking to you, the audience, as these things play out. And sometimes he's actually in these scenes, you know, they'll they'll start an episode and then cut over to him and he's standing there and he delivers this, you know incredible uh dialogue that just sucks you in so
0: big fan of the twilight zone do you still like there's some stuff that i love i grew up with like there's this band i used to love but i never listen to anymore but they're still one of my best bands like where are you at with twilight zone like you love them and you've got them archived in your mind but you don't really watch them anymore are you like you having a little family time around twilight zone or what
1: Yes, to family time around Twilight Zone. Um, In the middle of season two with my oldest daughter right now. So they're, (laughs) uh, I think they're still on Netflix. I got them on DVD. So I still watch them all the time. They're just classic. Not everyone's a home run, but you know, when there is a home run moment, there's usually a twist at the end. You're like, oh,
0: didn't see it coming. Right, right. I think the only three I remember is there's like, this guy was bummed because like it was the end of the world. He was the only guy left. And he found he got finally found solace because he found all the books, but then he like stepped on his glasses. So I remember yes. that one. But surely yeah. he just needs to go pillage and and he'll yeah. find those the right prescriptions. Yeah. So yeah. there is hope for him. The other one is the I think the most famous one is like like the monkey on the wing or something like that. There's like there's something yeah. on the wing. And then yeah. the one, the one that I bet is like sermon illustration like you find yourself not doing it is like everyone else was a weirdo like everyone else looked like a monkey but this person in the hospital bed do you know what i'm talking about yes yeah
1: yeah yep that um that one's with um it's called eye of the beholder where they're all these like creaturely pig faces. And the whole episode is like, we can't take the bandages off yet of the lady's face. And you don't see the doctors and nurses make all these distorted faces and then get to the end of the episode and they unwrap her. And she's just, you know, she's this beautiful woman. Uh, I think she played Ellie May on uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. That's who it was beautiful woman. And they're like, ah she's hideous you know the surgery didn't work and she's depressed and it's just a it's a commentary on what society says is
0: beautiful and good and evil and bad so it still works today so you're a guy who likes twilight zone you were in like thrash metal bands you still like like music like that you wear all black like like johnny cash all black. you wear all black what is this like dark It's like kind of cool. Like I'm into that, but is it like, are people like, Hey man, you're supposed to be a pastor. But I think the minor threat song says sometimes good guys don't wear white. That's right. Yeah.
1: No, for my congregation here, we've been, I've been here 10 years, so they're used to it. They know who I am. It's just, I came and was like, this is who I am. So they get that. It actually started, I mean, I wore black, like in high school and college and stuff, but it kind of got reinforced when I worked at Starbucks because you just wear black all the time. And I'd go home and put on different clothes and my kids were used to seeing me in black. And they're like, you look weird, dad. Take that off. <laughs> so, you know, it kind of birthed out of that as well. It's just, so.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know, makes
1: it easier to get dressed in the morning.
0: So uh pastor Benji's in- Instagram feed, it's full of edifying quotes from folks like Ray Ortland. R. Scott Clark, Jack Miller, you've been having a big Jack Miller run lately, by the way, I've noticed that. And yeah. then, you yeah, know, Rod Sterling. Um, so is like, so back to like Twilight Zone, like we're, we're getting on Halloween here, you know, and it's like, do we do Halloween or do we do the Harvest Festival? Or do we do like, or do we do like beers and brats? And we don't even mess with that. And we do Reformation Day. So my like, my question for you is, it seems like I don't know what you call this, but like creepy horror. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. Some people are into that. Like, so is it, is creepy Christian? Is it not? Like, are we allowed to enjoy that? I think it's a matter of the individual conscience. Uh, I like
1: obviously the Twilight Zone. I like sci-fi. I like the horror genre. I like this kind of stuff. I think it just varies on each individual person Mm -hmm. Um, is, is, is what I've come to. You know, I have friends who like horror. They'll text me, oh, this movie's coming out. This movie's coming out. Halloween Kills is coming out. I had a friend text me yesterday. It's so good. You need to watch it. Um, so for me, I think it just comes down to the conscience. Also, I mean, keeping in mind, of course, there's scripture. You know, we're not just saying, hey, my conscience determines everything. But mm-hmm. on some of these issues like drinking beer or, you know, being vegan or whatever, I think you have to say, you know, what comes down to the individual conscience that's informed by scripture and spoken into by church community and church history. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, totally. no it, right it's to- not the, we're not out here at the, you know, the, the wild West just making it up as we go. We have these parameters to stay within hmm like church community scripture the creeds the confessions those things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know because we will we will jump the fence because we're sinners <laughs> so it's good to have these parameters that mm-hmm. keep us in check mm-hmm.
0: so you like let, let's talk about quote quote non-christian music right i'm a music guy you're a music guy i love like the listeners know i love when we get a purveyor of good jams on and you like you're good you're like a little bit older than me too so usually like i'm i'm the guy but when i look at your stuff i'm like oh man you send me into like a a spotify warp so i thank you for that but um yeah you're into some pretty like legit underground nuanced stuff who are some of your who are some of your your jams right now who are some of your your people and we'll link some of these in the show notes. Like who's just, oh man, that's, they're so good. Uh, you know,
1: I don't know if you heard of Lift to Experience. They're an old band, late 90s, early 2000s from Denton, Texas. Hmm. They have this kind of apocalyptic album, um, which is really good. I think you would dig it. Hmm. But I mean, um, Lots of themes in there of suffering, things like that. It's just a classic indie rock album. Um, mm-hmm. One of the opening lines of the album is, and this is kind of the way I think of myself as a pastor too, uh, I'm not a famous author or any books or anything, but there's a line where he says, I'm just a stupid ranch hand in a Texas rock band trying to figure out God's master plan. And I'm like, that's kind of like my life right there. <laughs> I'm just a stupid ranch hand, you know, trying to figure out what God wants me to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, live to Experience is good. Obviously, I love the Waylon Jennings, is probably my favorite, you know, outlaw country artist. Uh, if you dip back into the 60s, Garage Rock, The Zombies, uh, The Remains, The Hollies, The Electric Prunes, if you haven't listened to them.
0: Never heard of the Give election. him a
1: shot. <laughs> <laughs> if you like Synthwave, The Midnight is like one of the best Synthwave bands out there right now. Check them out if you're into Synthwave. That's, you can't go wrong with those guys. I listen to everything, man. And I don't listen to a lot of Christian music per se, like stuff from the 80s I do, like Christian hair metal bands from the 80s, <laughs> Striper. I mean... Uh, Still listen to Striper. They're still putting out music and it's good. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of Christian music other than maybe some stuff in the 80s because the, you know, the quote unquote secular bands to me are the ones that kind of minister to me because they tap into that suffering and heartache and things, you know, real human things. And it's not just surfacy and kind of glossed over with Christianese.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. No, Christian music is oh, it's so bad. It's so unexcellent. Oh, it's some not all of it, but some of it's pretty rough. Um, question for you like about just even like a theology of music and listening in a Christian view. Can you can one sort of just listen to like you you're like pretty analytical and you're like internalizing the lyrics and wrestling with them can can someone just be like a sort of a shallow person and be like oh i love the way this this beat oh, this is so cool and you're singing along and you don't even know the words you know and um but it turns out the words are like i got m- my gold chains around my neck i'm a millionaire whatever it's nothing that means anything to them but you just kind of like the tune like any any diagnosis there or any anything to be said especially for like our kids and our own selves
1: I think it takes wisdom if you're dealing with your kids. Uh, obviously, what you want them listening to. There are songs from the 80s that I listen to, and some days it just hits you and was like, Is that what they said? <laughs> yeah. You just listen along because you love the, the words and the song. And then one day you're like, Oh, oh my goodness then you have that you know existential crisis of, yeah you know i think it comes down to the individual person with mm-hmm. that you know can i listen to this um, um but sure that happens to me all the time and there is a sense in which yeah i do listen to this and i'm ex- absorbing the whole song as a package and not necessarily dissecting the yeah. lyrics yeah um it, listening to to some of these artists and their struggles, it just helps me remember. It helps ground me that I'm a human being, and so are the people in my congregation. And they're suffering. And you're hearing this guy sing about his suffering. Yeah. It just reminds you that we live in a fallen world, mm-hmm. um, and there are not just easy answers to everything. Like some Christian music, I think, yeah, tends to convey.
0: No, that's good. So, I I recently posted on Instagram. I was telling you about this yesterday we're around the phone i posted this instagram a uh, picture of the song i was listening to it was like a, a fine a fine punk rock anthem and i'm gonna here's the chorus to the music to the to the song you guys ready it says come on come on hurry up harry come on come on come on hurry up Harry. come on we're going down to the pub we're going down to the pub So I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. song. So it's from an English punk band called Sham 69. They're like one of the first bands to sort of like bring in that jovial British soccer, you know, that, that Mm -hmm. soccer chant element. Anyways, I, I had this dude direct message me after I posted that, telling me that punk rock is like the devil's music and, and legit that I needed to repent. And he wasn't even being a jerk. He was serious. He's like, I grew up punk and that's the devil's music. Um, you know, I, I have my own views on, on how that all shakes down together. And man, so many times I went to Hume Lake and I burned all my CDs. I will never, I'm like, I want my CDs back. <laughs> I remember one time I traded like my vinyl collection to like, to someone for a bike because, you know, I was trying to be all pious and I'm like, man, I really still wish I, I had this stiff little fingers LP. That's probably worth all this money. And I just wish I had that all back. But, um, I would say for that guy who wrote me, he probably shouldn't listen to that music if it, you know, if it's tearing him up like that. I guess. Yeah. So all that to say, my question for you is, how should a Christian engage with or not engage with music and art and Netflix? Because okay, like you know, John said, like have a the newspaper in one hand, the Bible in the other. So there's in this sense that you could listen to like the music from you know Cardi B to figure out what the world is thinking, but also you can listen to it, enjoy it. But then there's some things that, well, maybe this is too far. Like we should not be watching the games of throne. That's like full on porn, just like full on pornography. Right. So how, how do we navigate it? Like, are we doing, is this missional research? Is it just enjoyment? What's what's too far? Like how to, yeah, just this whole, how, how, how do, how does a Christian navigate when they want to be faithful, but they like some, they like some good art music and, and film and such.
1: Well, I think the starting place is humility and just saying, you know, being asking the Holy spirit, like, do I love this? You know, is it not to jump to the straight to the idol thing, but you know, is this something I could give up or what's my motive? Like, you know, I've never seen game of Thrones or anything like that. But if, you know, you ask someone, what's your, really, what's your motive for watching that? You know, um, missional research. I'm thinking, you know, you could probably read some articles and get some miss- missional research on that without being like, I got to watch every episode of every season. So right. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know enough about it just from reading articles. have never mm. seen it. So mm. uh, I think the starting place is the heart just saying, Lord, you know, I, I want to honor you. Uh, help mm. me in this. Is this something? And I do think, you know, you have to the, the individual conscience, just like, you know, Paul talks about some people, Uh, can drink a beer some people can't they have to wrestle with that themselves Um, and I think doing that in communities you have people who love you it's like dude you just want to watch Game of Thrones because you want to watch Game of Thrones I mean having people having people that can speak into your life and kind of challenge you on that is is important I think part of that too is you know, are we making disciples that can wrestle with these things instead of like sheltering them forever and then uh, launching them out into the world and they're not able, they don't have a framework. Uh, there's no st- infrastructure in their life to be able to wrestle with that and engage those things. Does that make sense? oh 100%. Um, you know that just the idea that you know they're kind of pitting this the secular versus the sacred then they're being launched out into the world and then they're like oh my goodness you know i then they burn all their cds and then they come back to the christian music then they grow a little more like you know yeah. if you grew up in the church you probably had that experience where we yeah. all threw our tapes away burned our cds yeah. i did that in high school i was like okay i'm not listening to anything but you know, Christian metal and whatever Christian radio station was around. Well, I grew up in the sticks in Oklahoma. The only Christian radio station around was Southern gospel. So I went from like wanting to listen to rat and Motley Crue to (laughs) I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. I've been redeemed (laughs) by the great I am. And I was like, this isn't me. And back then there was only a handful of Christian metal bands to listen to. Mm. So, then I had to go through that process myself and say, can I listen to some of these songs? Mm, mm, mm. But I wasn't discipled in that way of, you know,
0: wrestling with those things
1: early on.
0: So, okay. So the reason, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, well, like, so first of all, oh man, so much. Uh, Like, I feel like, cause you're a guy who you understands glorifying God and enjoying him. You understand, like sort of, you know the the various approaches of culture of um, consuming culture or critiquing it or or you know creating culture, all these different things. So, like, I want to I want to hit some brass tacks with you because your dad and one of your kids is like twenty three, which is awesome. So mine are still pretty young. So my family, we've been watching that show Survivor. You know about Survivor, that show? Yeah, we love Survivor, bro. I love sir. We, Hey, we were over here at, in Hawaii. That's where we live. And we saw Jeff. We saw Jeff. Ah. My daughter cut him off. And I was like, Oh, Hey man, sorry. Like we were walking and we're like, I'm sorry, man. And he's like, it's no worries, bro. That's what it's all about. And we were like, so star studded. Like, that's all he said. Yeah. And we still talk about it. We also saw Dave Grohl from Nirvana and the Foo fighters. Oh, nice. I'll let it be known. Nice. So anyways, um, so last night we finally we started the new season and like i think it's like episode season 41 bro oh my gosh i was so annoyed i was so i don't know if you watched this season but for the listener if this bothers you even the way i talk then whatever but like jeff got on one of the first things he's like so such an unnatural move he's like okay for years i've been saying." come on in guys. He says, like, before they would do the challenges, that was the call. Like, that was his slogan. Like, you know, for everyone to come in, let's start. And he's all, does anyone have a problem with us saying, come on in guys, you know, with all this stuff. And there was like one of the myriad of LGBT people there, uh, a queer girl, she identified herself as she said, no, I don't, I think it's fine, whatever. And so that was, you know, I was like, kind of, okay. Who cares what I felt about that for now. Right. And then a little bit later, there was another guy who who I, he's gay or whatever. And he said that he's married to a, a trans pregnant woman or some some sort of thing like that. Some nuanced thing. And um, and uh, and he and he did have a problem with guys. So now I, I think they're going to reduce it to just to come on in or something. So and then the next like four people that showed I'm watching this with my kids last night and the next four people showed each one of them were like, there was a pastor on it. Um, but there was basically the next four were, you know, like active homosexuals and married and all this stuff. So all this to say, how, what, how do I, do we just like, do we, do we nix survivor? Like we loved it and now we're done. Do we, but also bro, you cannot watch any, almost anything without, without the agenda coming in. And by the way, if you struggle with same sex attraction or whatever, I struggle with, I'm attracted to people who are not my wife. So I'm not ragging on, you know, like we, I'm not ragging on the struggle. The struggle's real, but anyways, yeah.
1: I think it's, I mean, it, it's the culture we live in. It's the times, everything's out there. You see it everywhere. Um, so those are conversations we have to have with our kids, you know, right off the bat um that's kind of you know preparing them discipling them you're going to grow up in a world that has different values from our family and where we're getting them from scripture and you need to be loving and you don't be a jerk and you can pray for people and you can be nice you know you don't have to do what you know some christians have been notorious for but that's part of that discipleship of helping them to wrestle with all of these issues. Mm -hmm. um as a fan of the show um I was more offended that you're dealing with, the, like, the canon of Survivor. Like, come on in, guys, has been, like, Survivor for 40 years. So I'm like, Jeff, you can't change that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, that's what you always say. Yeah. So I'm more offended as a Survivor fan. Like, don't mm-hmm. tweak the show. You know, they're doing, you know, there's lots of these, they're tweaking it now. And I'm like, ah, who cares? It's been so good. The, mm-hmm. the show is the... Setup of the show was like flawless, you know, it's like, don't change it. And if you're going to change it, then change it to come on in y'all. I mean, (laughs) y'all is good. So I was hoping he would, I I immediately thought if I was there and say, Jeff, you're going to change it, change it to come on in y'all. But otherwise don't tweak the show. But that's what I'm talking about. The discipleship aspect of like raising our kids, not to hide, you know, hide them away, but just say, here's the world we live in. You need to know about it now. Or, you're going to go out into the world and feel like, oh, my parents hid everything from me. Here's these philosophies and thoughts, which they're going to get no matter what.
0: But but why not have
1: the conversations?
0: Is it weird to like, you know, so my kid, my oldest is like eight. Like, am I legit going to sit down and talk to her about a dude and a dude like married or whatever? Like, like, I mean, like it's, How do you even have that? I don't know how old your youngest ones are, but how do you even sort of, is that somewhere where you go? How do you frame that?
1: I I think, well, they kind of, I think they catch it and you just say, hey, that's something that, you know, it goes against our belief system. You know, it's opposite our belief system. And then you just kind of go back to enjoying the show and it's out there. And I think every parent has, and families have to decide, you know, is this the place and the time for those particular kids to have these conversations? But like you said, it's so out there, you might see it at the grocery store. So you're going to have that conversation at some point, yeah. but it's not a sit down and we're going to talk for two hours, at least for us. It's just been, Hey, you know what we believe? And then we kind of move on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. No, I mean, it, it it's just... not
1: easy. We're pilgrims We're
0: exiles. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just hard. I mean, it's like hard enough just, If it's just like, you know, teaching my kids like, oh, this, look at, this is a married man and he, you know, and he's a Christian and he's on the show, but he's a jerk. Just even that's hard enough. Be like, why would someone be so jerk, such a jerk? You know, it's just like, it's all, we're all, you know, we're all curved inward. And so it's, it's not as a surprise, but it's like, just how do we move ahead? Okay. So you make a lot of, you, you make music, you do wood, like all kinds of stuff. So why would a Christian Take the time to like do a painting of of the quote of J D. Salinger or of you know Bette Midler or listen to like a Smashing Pumpkins song or a you know some other non Christian band when they could be painting a painting of a cross or listening to worship music.
1: Well, because we're image bearers of God, I think we reflect who he is through the creative and it doesn't always have to be uh, quote unquote Christian because when, when does, when is your blueberry scones, when do they become Christian, right? <laughs> <laughs> is there a moment where you're like, okay, these are Christian, but this painting of J.D. Salinger isn't? Um, I think we're just called to be creative, and that, that God has uh, showered us with His grace. I think there's common grace out there. I think He's put things in culture. He's gifted people to make things, and uh, it goes back to that Abraham Kuyper quote, which helped me because I struggled with it in college as an art major. Like, you know, why am I doing art when there's people dying in Africa? Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And Abraham Kuyper said, "As an image bearer of God." man possesses the ability not only to create something good, but also to delight in it. And that helped me that like set me free that. Mm -hmm. Then I realized, okay, I can just make art for art's sake, Mm -hmm. just to do a painting of whatever the beach. And I don't have to put like, you know, a cross on a hill in the background. I can just paint the beach because God made this world. Yeah. Uh, and I can enjoy him as I do that and I can enjoy We tend to just think every feeling and emotion and experience has to have like Christian attached to it. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely.
1: So, I can just create a painting of whatever, a football, and if someone likes it and it brings them joy and that's part of the creative process. I can do that. There's no Christian label that gets attached to that per se other than I'm an artist reflecting my creator and enjoying these things. Mm. Obviously you get into scripture and Exodus 31. I think it's like the third time, maybe fourth time. If you count the time that Pharaoh mentions the spirit of God, but pretty sure the third time the spirit of God is mentioned in the old Testament is in reference to artists. Yeah. So you've got spirit of God hovering spirit of God, uh, you know, with the flood And then you've got the spirit of God coming and filling people like Bezalel to make a tabernacle. God could have just said, go and worship me at this bland rock. Mm. But he is very detailed
0: Mm. and
1: very ornate with all of this creativity and there's beautiful colors and all of it's, of course, pointing to Christ. But God could have just said, here's a rock. And, you know, Paul could pick it up later and say, the rock is Christ. And that would be that. Mm-hmm. but god himself is like i want the atmosphere in which i am to be worshipped to mm-hmm. also be beautiful because it's telling of my nature and character mm-hmm. and who i am mm-hmm. just then you get to the temple with solomon man it's took him seven years for a reason to build oh. the temple because it was beautiful and ornate mm-hmm. all kinds of uh artistry just you know, on the walls, all the way up to the ceiling where these windows were, you know, just ornate, you know, pictures of, of, you know, creation, all these trees kind of pointing this back to the garden. So, Mm
0: -hmm. so you're, you're a pastor. And like, you, you even just said, like, there was a certain Abraham Kuyper quote that sort of freed you, if you will, from like that, that sacred secular divide or whatever. And then on your website, like of, of the church, the church's website. Like you guys make it clear what you're about. There's just a few lines. And one of them is this. We exist to ignite a passion in every person to glorify God. I'm sorry, to glorify and enjoy God everywhere and in everything. And so I guess my question for you is two things. Like How how does one enjoy God in a painting of a football, for, for example? And what... Like, so you are in the front lines in the sense of as a pastor, like, what are your people bringing? Like, what are they bringing that mindset that you had that and it had to be broken? Or have you been bringing it now for 10 years that it's taken root? And if so, I'm very curious to see how, what, what, what that looks like as a congregation.
1: Yeah, we've been bringing it for 10 years. and I think people are getting it, you know, that we've, you know, constantly just, push back to them. Like, you know, you're not just, we don't just worship and enjoy God here on Sunday morning. I mean, it is the pinnacle of the week for us. It's everything, but we go back to our real lives and you can glorify and enjoy God as you're drinking your coffee, as you just sip it. And you just think, you know, this is the greatest thing. How does this thing grow and come out of a cherry and get roasted? Like who came up with that idea? Mm -hmm. God put that into the heart of some human being to try that pick a coffee cherry, break it out, roast it and add water. And this is what we have. So we've, I've just tried to encourage people, you know, like tri-tip is really big here on the central coast in Santa Maria as you're eating tri-tip in that it's somewhere in that moment, you don't have to make it spiritual. There's just this recognition of God, you gave me taste buds. You didn't have to, you could have given us brownies and blueberries and tri-tip and Dr. Pepper. And we had no taste buds, but we had to take these in. So we take them in not just for nourishment, but also we get to enjoy the process. Like it's mm. so that's one of the ways you do it. I think is as you're eating, you're just saying, Thank you, Lord, for taste buds. Thank you that somebody figured out how to make, you know, con pie. Thank you for uh, bacon and eggs. All of these things I think God puts into the mind and the heart of man, and then we get to enjoy him in that. Listening to a great smashing pumpkin song, I think. I glorify and enjoy God when I listen to that. Mm. Billy Corgan is an incredible songwriter, an incredible guitarist. Like his, like the, the passion and the emotion that comes through the song Mayonnaise off of Siamese Dream is just like, man, the guitar work, everything, mm. Mm. all of that comes together. And I listen to that and I enjoy God because he's gifted creation with the ability to make these things. He didn't just come down and say, read my Bible and sit around right. and pray.
0: Right. So must there be a mental connection between the good things that that Christians experience and God in real time? Like, can I enjoy a, a, a ice-cold Shinerbach and, and never think to myself, God is so good, you know, in, that he's allowed us to create this or whatever, can I just drink it and just be watching my kids play and also not be thinking at that moment that God in, in gratitude that God gave me my children or does absolutely, it, it absolutely by, by the activity of gratitude.
1: No, I think at some point it may, it may not be every single time. It may not be every single sip. There may be a moment where you're like, man, this is just a really good beer. Thank you, Lord. That's what you say. Or you may not, but just kind of that lifestyle. Cause what we don't want to do is end up creating a new law that we're like, Oh my goodness. I didn't connect uh, Jesus. I didn't connect the blueberries going to Jesus. You know, I failed, <laughs> you know, what was it? Jonathan Edwards, who said, you know, the, the beam, are these created things and they carry us up to the sun with is the source. Mm. Um, there's a, there's a worship song called the ocean that talks about that. These mm. are scattered beams, but you know, God is the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, we do that at moments. Um, do we have to do it every time? No, because then we end up, it becomes a law to us that we can't keep. And then it takes the fun and the joy out of it. Mm. You know, you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, Oh, I didn't thank Jesus for that pizza. And yeah. Now I got to, I got to thank him, you know, man, I've had too much of that in my past. I'm trying to shed all of that stuff yeah. that I, you know, do more, try harder, pedal faster. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't go back to that. Right. So I want to be relaxed with it. I think you mentioned a sermon, maybe a preacher said, hey, y'all, let's relax and enjoy God. That's it, just relaxing, enjoying him mm. in these things. You'll have moments where you connect it to him and moments where you don't. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, um, I, 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 like what you just said made me think of this. You had posted on your, uh, your Instagram, an R Scott Clark quote that said something like, oh yeah, Christian evangelicalism is just busy, 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 or something like that. And man, that really, so thank you for posting that. Thank you, R Scott Clark for saying it, but bro. That resonates with me so much. Here's the crazy part even though I agree with what you're saying, I'm still like, I'm still like, in in the law sense, I got to get more busy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I still, and I don't mean like, um, if there's the right place where it in the wrong place, but I know I still have the wrong version of it. I'm curious now, you've been operating this, you've been teaching this for 10 years. Do you still ever kind of think, it's sort of in the bad way oh man i better get a little busy or have you sort of overcome that or you know what i mean is that an innate like an innate thing and is that something that you could move beyond or i haven't
1: maybe there's someone out there else out there that has i have i wake up every day and my default mode is i have to read my bible <laughs> if i don't what's going to happen to me today totally. you know and if i don't read my bible i should at least like you know find a good you know, passage on Twitter real fast, because if I don't read my Bible, oh my God, you know, what is the Lord going to be able to control the universe if I don't read my Bible? So yeah, I still struggle with that every day. Mm. Uh, I don't think we ever move beyond it. And I don't think we will. Mm. I think it's something we will always struggle with just learning to rest in the finished work of Christ. And, um, you know, we talked just about John Piper, uh, I've kind of tweaked his famous phrase uh, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him mm-hmm. um, which are you know 10 15 years ago I was like yeah I've kind of tweaked it through the years to say God is most glorified in us when we are most sabotaged in him not many people use that word but it's a word God is most glorified in us when we are resting in the finished work of Christ when we are you know on Sabbath, in the finished work of christ he's Mm -hmm. most glorified in us glorifies his son Mm -hmm. so sorry john piper i tweaked your uh
0: statement don't even get me started on john piper bro um so thank you that's good Uh, quite last question for you man how like this is good news like okay you know and and, you know we're speaking a portion of it this isn't like the full gospel right we're just this is you know, implications of the gospel and, and the creation, a robust doctrine of creation, but how does one go about living a, a pious life, if you will? Like, if I want to, if I'm going to wake up today and I'm like, you know, I just want to be like a good man. I want to be like a Christian. I want to love God. I want to love my neighbor but also the reality is, is, I probably love my kids more than God. And I probably love myself more than I love my kids. So how does one and you know, I I, I sell refrigerators for a living, and um, I'm, I'm busy, and, and I don't have that much money to give to missions. And it's a it's a Tuesday, and there's no church tonight. How can I like, how can that day be like, here you go, God? Like, I, I know you're, you're, you're a God, and I'm your people. And I and I want to, I want to be in that story. What can I do? Like, is there an activity and there's a posture?
1: I think it's a posture of humility, of just kind of having empty hands and just saying, Lord, I need you today. Mm. Uh, Like you said, I'm very selfish. So please. Ole how is old old Norwegian pastor wrote one of the best book on prayer he said he said basically we need to say to God every day bless my family because I am so selfish and they have to live with me and I don't I don't love them as much as I should because I love myself too much so please give them thy blessing in other words would you help them to love me. We okay. tend to pray for our family. God changed them instead of God help them to love me because I'm such a jerk. Yeah. So I think it's that posture of humility of just saying, mm. Mm. which is the common prayer in our house is just help me. Holy spirit. I think yeah. you just wake up and say, Lord, you are infinitely glorious. You have this grand plan of redemption. I'm a broken sinner trying to find my way, stumbling my way forward. I keep falling down. I get back up. And I am going to make a train wreck of my life if you don't help me today. Yeah. And you just, you start there and then you don't beat yourself up. Uh, you confess, you repent, whatever happens that the day, and you go again. That to me is honoring to the Lord more than did I do enough or did I beat myself up enough? Like right. how long do you have to be in timeout for a mm-hmm. sin before mm-hmm. Jesus is like, okay, it's cool. You can come back now. Yeah. Is it 10 minutes, an hour?
0: Right. Right. <laughs> I always I always thought that I'd like do like some some sin and I'd be like, oh, I, I can't go to church. You know, if I sin on Saturday, yeah. like a big sin, I can't go to church on Sunday. I need that buffer. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've never heard that yeah. verbalized, but yeah. there there is this yeah. like time buffer thing that that does sort of yeah. exist out there. Huh? Yeah.
1: At some point, the infinite God of the universe is going to forget this sin. It's probably in a couple hours. Like, really? <laughs> He knows everything. At what point am I clean enough? At what point am I good enough to come back? Well, apart from Christ, I'm not. Mm. In Adam, I'm lost forever. But in Christ, I can come immediately, you know, and just say, forgive me. And you know what? Scripture says in several places that he cannot remember our sins. That's Mm. where I'm going to camp out.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir, brother. It, sa-
1: it says that he will not forget in Hebrews 6. He will not forget all the things that we have done, showed our love for him and loving the saints. And he cannot remember our sins, So he's never going to forget all the good things we do for mm. our brothers and sisters in Christ because of Jesus, because we love him. We want to love our neighbor. I'll never forget that stuff. But I also can't remember your sins. Mm. Man, that makes me want to wake up and, and serve him and honor him.
0: Yeah. Strike up the band, sing Amazing Grace. Been talking there with Pastor go. Benji Magnus. You could check out his blog. He's got some little some humble writings there. It's called Amazing Grace City. Uh, I'll link that in the show notes. You can check out the sermons and the church, GraceSantamaria.org. Not the prettiest website. Let's be honest, brother. No,
1: not the best looking. <laughs>
0: it is not and part of that is intentionally
1: (laughs) uh for four years now i've been saying we need to update the website there's a part of me that also that's like you know what if people come in spite of our website then i know god's moving dude i love that (laughs) there's there's a a rebel streaking me enough to say yeah there's some things i don't like about it and we've been talking forever about fixing it my (laughs) picture's like 10 years old but i'm also like you know what I want to see the spirit move in
0: spite of a tacky website. Bro, I love that. I, I, so keep it, keep it. I, I, I affirm that. Um, yeah. so yeah, but you go there, grace the sermon. Yeah. Sermon notes. Your guy listened to two, two yesterday. It was glorious. And then on Twitter, Twitter at Benji Magnus, we'll link that brother mahalos for your time. Any, uh, any anything awesome we should know as we're sent off either a good song, something rad to do for Christmas with the family or just some truth or a, uh, a good um, bean coffee bean um, destination. Anything?
1: I would just say, you know what? We always need absolution. So I'd say if you're listening and you are in Christ, you are forgiven. That beats any coffee, any music recommendation. Although I would say check out Lift to Experience. They're an old band, man. Apocalyptic indie
0: rock from Denton, Texas. Oh, it's beautiful. Brother, we receive it. Thank you, my man. We came for salvation. We came for family. We came for all that's good, that's how we'll walk away. We came to break the bad. We came to cheer the sad. We came to...